Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm Carrick Butler, the pastor of Faith Christian Center. Thanks for tuning in today. We believe today's message is going to help you live this lifestyle of faith. It's going to empower you to live a life that makes Jesus famous wherever you go. Open up your heart. We know God has something special just for you. And we believe that as you listen to today's message, something good is going to happen to you. So listen up. I'll talk to you today at the end of our broadcast. Now say it with me. It's a faith confession. I lead my congregation in every Sunday, but I think it's good for anyone, anywhere. Say, I take eyes to see. I take ears to hear. I forgive everybody of everything. I receive supernatural debt cancellation. The word of God that I'm about to receive will enable me and empower me to make Jesus famous in my everyday life. And so the theme of the conference this year is restoration. And so we laid the foundation in session one and we took a little bit further last night, making sure that you analyze your heart and make your prioritizing God and all that you do. And then this morning we talked about innovation. And one of the most frequent things I've been preaching on this year is innovation. And one of the things that was so strong in my heart this year was that if you want to receive restoration, you must innovate. And this was even before we began sheltering in place where I live and things slow down and where I'm located in the U.S. We were still meeting regularly, but it was so strong that when I was preaching on innovation that there's one Sunday, I know some of you pastors may relate to this, that you had more than one message on your heart. And I woke up, you know, and because that weekend I was like, well, I got one message. And then further, I got two. Before I went to bed, I got three messages. So, you know, I'm praying, well, which one do I preach? You know, I'm going to preach all three of them. So that's what I did that Sunday. I preached all three messages. And one of those three was about innovation. And I shared something called disruptive innovations is a business term. It's an innovation that's introduced into an industry that disrupts how the industry operates and it changes everything. And so we're believers. We're blessed. We'll get to this in a moment, but we should believe for disruptive innovation. As we shared this morning, the entrance of his word gives light. It gives the understanding to the simple. And so because the entrance of his word gives light, that's what Psalms 119 tells us, we need to believe for light and innovation and uncommon understanding. So let's get into some new things tonight. Let's go to, well, let's do a little bit of review. We said God is the God of peace. And we said in the New Testament that word peace because he's called the God of peace in the New Testament five different times, while he's also called the God of peace in the Old Testament. The word peace in the New Testament means peace, harmony, security, safety, prosperity, intense happiness, and tranquility. It means peace, Harmony, security, safety, prosperity, intense happiness, and tranquility. That word peace in the Old Testament means peace, completeness, health, prosperity, safety, tranquility, the peace that comes from being whole. It means having nothing missing and nothing broken. It is peace, completeness, health, prosperity, safety, tranquility, the peace that comes from being whole. It means nothing missing, nothing broken. And we did a lot of review. I'm not going to do so much review today because of stuff I want to cover today. And so if you missed it, watch our previous videos in our live video. And you know, we talked about Joel chapter 2 and how that in that scripture, the nation needed to repent in order to get themselves in a place to receive restoration. And God said, I will restore to you the years the locust has eaten. And we said that word restore comes from a word that means to be at peace, to be complete, to live in peace, to make whole, to make compensation or recompense, to reward, to complete, to perform. We shared how that word restore in the Hebrews related to the word for peace 
in the Hebrew. So if you're not restored, you're not whole, and you're not experiencing the peace that God wants you to experience. We say God is in the restoration business. When we think of God as the God of peace, we must think of him as the God of restoration. If you have not been restored, then you are not whole. God wants you to have nothing missing, nothing broken, but wholeness in every area of your life. God wants you whole. Go ahead and say it with me and type it in. If you're watching the place on social media, we can type in, say, God wants me whole. God wants me restored. And we gave you these definitions of restore, and I've given them to you three other times before, so I'm going to run through them really quickly. It means to return a, to a person as a specific thing which he has lost or which has been taken from him and unjustly detained. We, re we restore lost or stolen goods to the owner. It means to make restitution or satisfaction for a thing taken by returning something else or something of different value. It means to replace, to return as a person or thing to a former place. It means to bring back or recover from lapse or ruin and bring back to its former state. It means to heal, to cure, to recover from disease. It means to repair, to rebuild. It means to revive and to resuscitate, to bring back to life. It means to return or bring back after absence. It means to renew or reestablish after interruption. And as we shared before, I found it very interesting that God introduced himself to Gideon as the God of peace when Gideon was going to have to fight. Which leads me to believe and know that if you want to receive restoration, you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. See, Gideon asked two questions. The second question is, where are the miracles of the God who brought us out of Egypt? Where are the miracles of the God who delivered us from Egypt? And God's response to him is pretty much summed up. If you want to see the miracles, you have to go forward. If you want to see the miracles, you have to move forward. A lot of us say, well, where is the restoration? Where is what God has promised this year? You have to take steps forward and Faith, doing what God's called you to do. Now, let me take a brief side journey. What is faith? Faith is belief and trust in God. You know, there's faith, there's foolishness, there's presumption, and there's fear. And there's a whole bunch of all of those things going around this year. Now, there's some people who says, well, I have faith. I don't need to wear a mask, and I don't need to wash my hands. That's not faith. That's foolishness and nasty. No, faith does not mean you don't wear a mask. Faith does not mean you don't take precautions. Faith does not mean you don't do the natural things to protect yourself from viruses and things that are in the world. You do those natural things, but your belief is still in God. Just like, you know, we take care of our bodies and we look at what the right things we should eat and not eat and how to take care of ourselves and what's the best for us. We do that believing that that's what we're supposed to do, protect our bodies. Because I believe that God is my healer, I make sure I eat the right things. Because I believe that God is my healer, I make sure I exercise. There's some things I won't do because I believe God is my healer. In the same way, because I believe God is my healer, during this time I do wear a mask when I go different places. I do take different precautions. There's certain places I'm just not going right now. That you don't have to test your faith by going to these parties. Well, I have faith, so I'm going to go to this party. No. That is not, you don't prove your faith that way. That's pride, not faith. Faith is operating by the leading of the Spirit and trusting God every single step of the way. And so, if we want to see restoration, we have to take steps forward in faith. Just like Gideon, we need to fight the good fight of faith. Just like Gideon, if we want to see the miracles, we need to go. And like we said yesterday, like Mary, you'll need to believe. Remember, when the angel told her something impossible, she believed. And the angel said, for with God, nothing's impossible. And Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. I am the servant of the Lord. Then she went to see her cousin Elizabeth, who was also experiencing an impossible miracle. And Elizabeth told her, blessed is she that believed. There shall be a performance of the Lord. Here's something else I want you to say and type. Say, I will receive the performance of the Lord. 
there shall be a performance of the Lord in my life this year. And we said the word performance means completing, perfection, and fulfillment. That word means completing, perfection, and fulfillment. We found that in Luke chapter 1. There shall be a performance of the Lord in your life. And when we looked at that definition of performance, it's very similar to when we looked at the word restore in the Old Testament. It's the completion, it's the performance, it's the fulfillment. So God restoring you, God bringing restoration in your life to different areas of your life, to that list that you guys wrote on day one. That is the performance of the Lord. And that's what God has on his mind for you today, this week, this month, this year. Despite everything that's going on in the world, God wants you to receive restoration. So this morning and a little bit yesterday, we started talking about the enemies of restoration. We know we have to resist the devil. The Bible tells us resist the devil and he must flee. We know that he is our enemy. We know Ephesians 6, 12 says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of the world, spiritual wickedness in high places, and lists the rank and file of Satan's army. We know we resist him, but there's also other enemies of restoration that we need to resist. And some of those, what we talked about uh, previously, were refusing to change. You know, there's so many people, as we talked about this morning, we just refuse to change. For whatever reason, we get comfortable and stuck by the brook when God has called us to go to Zarephath. So whatever the Holy Ghost is calling you to do, if you need to change, change. Don't miss your restoration because you refuse to change. You can idolize the spot that you are, and the spot where you are becomes your idol instead of following the leading of the Spirit of God. Here's another enemy of restoration. Let's go to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Verse 11. And it came to pass, as he, Jesus, went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, and which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give God glory, save the stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. What's interesting here is all ten were healed. Only one was made whole. So what happened? That one, to be made whole, he had to be restored. So what's an enemy of restoration? Ungratefulness or lack of gratitude. An enemy of restoration is lack of gratitude or ungratefulness. So, well, pastor, do you know all the stuff that's happened to me this life and this year and everything that's been going on? Yes, there's a lot of things that have happened, but guess what? You're still here. You still have breath in your body. You still have this day. You still have your life in front of you. You still have all these decisions you can make. God has been good to you, and you have something to be thankful for. Even if it's just that the fact that you have another day, 
that's enough to give God thanks. But do you know what the Bible says? It says he daily loads you up with benefits. And those benefits, it says in Psalm 103, he forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns your life with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies your mouth and years with good. He causes your youth to renew like the eagles. So you can go through the promises of the word of God and find several reasons to be thankful every single morning. Don't let your lack of gratitude keep you from receiving restoration. We need to be a grateful people. Thank God that he is good and he wants you whole. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to be restored. Go with me to Psalm 78. Psalm 78. Speaking of the children of Israel when they're in the wilderness. And it says, yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. So notice what it says. They limited God. Have you ever thought about that phrase? You look up that word limit in Hebrew, it still means limit. They limited the unlimited God. So the thing is, God wants to bring restoration to your life this year. God wants to bring peace to your life this year. God wants to bring harvest to your life this year. But there are things you can do that will limit what God wants to do in your life. There are things you can do that can limit the restoration you can receive. There are things you can do that can limit the peace you experience in your life, that can limit the miracles and the acts of power you experience in your life. You can limit God. You say, well, pastor, that doesn't make sense. There's no way we can limit God. You see it all through the scriptures. When you go to Mark chapter six, let's look at it in the ministry of Jesus. Because Jesus, although he was the son of God, he walked through the earth as man anointed by God and people limited his ministry. You know, some people say, well, if Jesus was here in the flesh, then this wouldn't happen and all this. That's not true. Look at Mark chapter six. Verse five, and he could there do no mighty work. It didn't say he would not. It says he could not do any mighty work, save he laid his hands on a few sick folk. A few is three to eight people. And when it's talking about six, it means minor ailments. And he healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went around about the villages teaching. Let's look at the same story in Matthew 13. They limited the ministry of Jesus. They limited the ministry of the anointed one himself, who had been sent to them. Matthew 13, verse 58. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So what limited Jesus? Their unbelief, refusing to believe. And just like we had looked at Psalm 78, the children of God in the wilderness, we see more about them in Hebrews chapter 3, so let's go there. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 19. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Chapter 4, verse 1. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left, of, left us of entering into his rest any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Hebrews chapter 3 even says that they had an evil heart of unbelief. So they couldn't enter into the promised land. They couldn't receive what God had for them because of their unbelief. 
belief. They didn't get restoration. They didn't get the land that God had promised Abraham. That generation missed out because they did not believe. They did not mix the word they hear heard with faith. So you too can limit God in your life if you do not believe. As I shared with you already, do you believe the word of restoration? Do you believe that God can restore you? Do you believe that although it looks impossible, your God can do the impossible? Although it looks like it can't happen, you believe that God can make it happen. Although it looks like there's no way, you believe that God can make a way because he is the way, the truth, and the light, and he is the God of the breakthrough. He is the God who can break through all the things that are trying to hold you back, whether it's in your personal life, in your family, in your city, in the nation, in that southern region, it does not matter. God is greater than every challenge, but you must believe what God said. You must put the word in your mouth. This is, we have the same spirit of faith. We believe, therefore we speak. So God said, this is my year of restoration, so I'm being restored. This is my year of restoration. He's the God of peace. He sends peace into my life. I'm walking in peace. I have restoration. I am in a the entrance of his word gives light, so I'm innovative and I know what to do. You must choose to believe God in the face of everything that is trying to hold you back. Mark chapter 4 gives the strategy of the enemy. It says he has five playbooks, five tactics. Affliction, which is pressure brought by circumstance. Persecution, pressure brought by people. Cares of this world, that's stress and anxiety and worry. Deceitfulness of riches, it means lies about money and lust of other things and order and desires for things that are forbidden. Those are the five things Satan tries to use to come against you. And when you look at how pressure is applied and affliction and persecution, it talks about those people who have received the word. That means they took the word, they caught the word, they're holding on to the word. Satan brings pressure to make them let go of the word. And so if they let go of the word, he gives them another option, a deceptive option to make them believe, well, God can't do that in your life. Well, God doesn't do that anymore. Something that they will hold on to. So now they hold on to the deception and they miss out on restoration. Don't let Satan take away the word of restoration from you. Don't let Satan take the word of peace away from you. Don't take, let Satan take the word of faith from you. You believe what God said. God wants you whole. God wants you restored. God wants you to innovate. God wants you to operate in disruptive innovations and change the world around you. And when I was working on this message the other day and I was praying about it and going through notes and looking at things and there's something that popped up in my heart. God said, I want you to share with them. And so for the last few minutes we have together, we're going to talk about that. Another enemy of restoration, lack of vision. Another enemy of restoration, lack of vision. Talking about the same children of Israel in Numbers. We see in chapter 13 and chapter 14, when we described it in Psalm 78 and Hebrews 3 and Hebrews 4, when they said they can't do it, notice what they said. They said, those giants, they're stronger than us. They're greater than us. Those cities are too strong. And in our own sight, we look like grasshoppers. And in their sight, we look like grasshoppers as well. Their lack of vision had convinced them they can't get in the promised land. They looked at a situation that was too hard, it's too strong, we can't do it. Why? Because of how we saw ourselves. Even though what God had called them to do and anointed them to do and blessed them to do, God was going to be with them every single step of the way. Their lack of vision kept them from going forward because they refused to believe what God said. Your lack of vision for your life can cause you not to receive the restoration God has for you. See, the thing is, he's like, well, I don't, I'm not prepared for the season. No, God is Jehovah Jireh. He's the God who sees and provides. He's the God who sees to it. He has prepared you for this time. He has prepared you to go forward. There are things you were doing in the past that God prepared you for 
and this time. So let's go to Romans chapter 4, verse 13. Let's talk about vision. Romans chapter 4, verse 13. We're running out of time, but I want to get this into, get this to you. Romans chapter 4, verse 13. For the promise that he, Abram, should be heir of the world was not made to Abram or to a seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. The promise was not made to Abraham and a seed through the righteousness of the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Now, I want to read it to you from another translation. It says, Clearly, God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was, not, was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on the right relationship with God that comes by faith. It says that God gave Abraham and his descendants the entire world. You keep reading through Romans 4, you read through Galatians 3, you see you are a child of Abraham if you believe in Christ Jesus. You've been engrafted in. You are the seed of Abraham and you are blessed with faithful Abraham. Why does that matter? Because when I studied the Old Testament, I couldn't find a scriptural reference when it says God gave Abraham the world. Like when did God give Abraham the title deed for the world? And so as I studied out more, when did God do it? When he blessed him. See, before then, when he blessed Adam, the blessing was for the entire world. That's why when Adam fell, the curse affected the entire world. The next time you see God blessing someone is he blessed Noah and his three sons. And that blessing you read in Genesis 9-1 is for the entire world. And then the next time he blesses somebody, it's Abram in Genesis 12. And it says, and I'll bless you. And then it says, in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So once again, that blessing is for the entire world. So when God blessed Abraham, he gave him the entire planet. When God blessed Abraham, he gave him the entire world. And that promise was not just to Abraham or his seed of the flesh, but also his spiritual seed, which we are all because we are of the faith of Abraham and we're blessed with faithful Abraham. So in short, the whole world belongs to you. If I had more time, I could take probably a whole week preaching that to you. The entire world belongs to you. Everything, the best property, the best buildings, the best cars, the best locations, the best businesses, the best contracts, the best houses belong to you. Paul said in other ways, when you read through Corinthians and other places, it's all yours. All things are yours. Look at Romans 8 real quick. Because some of you is like, that's a strange, Pastor. I, I don't get it. Go to Romans 8 real quick. Romans chapter 8. Verse 32, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us what? All things. All things. It's all yours. 
And you have to have a vision of the whole planet belonging to you if you want the blessing to work on a high level. You don't just need restoration so you can get back what you lost this year. You need to believe in restoration so you can get stuff back that was lost to people who came before you. Your, people who became before you, your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, your ancestors, for whatever reason were denied, defrauded, stolen from. You need restoration, not just for your lifetime, but for their lifetimes. Because when it manifests in your life, it's a witness to others that God is God, Jesus who he says he is, and he's coming back again. You need restoration to overtake your life in such a way that it's a sign and a wonder to all those around you. But you must have vision for bigger than your house. You must have vision bigger for your neighborhood. You must have vision. Your lack of vision can keep you from receiving restoration when the whole world belongs to you. So say it with me. Say the whole world belongs to me. The whole world belongs to me. If you're in a place where you can type it in, type it in and say, the whole world belongs to me. And so you have to pray like this because sometimes we just pray for the people in our house. Oh, Father, I pray for my spouse, my kids, and, and that's about it. Oh, pray for pastor too. Pray for apostle. And, and we, that's all we pray. But you got to pray like the whole world belongs to you and you're on assignment. And so think about it this way. If South Africa and Zimbabwe belongs to you, how would you pray? If you really believe that South Africa and Zimbabwe belongs to you, how would you pray? Would you just say, oh, that's bad. You know what happened? You know, that's bad. What's going on? That's bad. Oh, no, that's bad. No, you say, no, 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 no. This place belongs to me. So, Father, here's what I want to happen. Here's what I ask. According to your word, this is what I want to see in my territory because this nation belongs to me. This nation does not belong to the devil. This nation does not belong to darkness. This city, this region, this nation belongs to me. And according to your word, this is what I want to happen. You pray that way. So you take your authority. He says, no, this will not happen in my nation because this is what the word says. And this place belongs to me. I'm on assignment. The whole world belongs to me. And if I'm in South Africa, if I'm in Zimbabwe, this place belongs to me. I'm assigned here. I have jurisdiction. I have authority. This is what I want to happen. And this is what I can pray. You have to take this mentality if you want to see something different in South Africa. You have to take this mentality if you want to see something different in Zimbabwe. Not as some believers, oh, we're just waiting for God to come back. No, the whole plan belongs to you. So you have to go forward. You have to think this way. You are are the blessed of the Lord. You are blessed with faithful Abraham. You are anointed of the Holy Ghost. You are innovative. You are strong in the Lord and the power of his might, the greater ones on the inside of you. So you must expand your vision. You must see yourself as greater than you've seen yourself before. Because if you see yourself as someone who can't do it, you won't do it. You have to see yourself as the person who can do it because the greater one's on the inside of you and the anointed one and his anointing gives you strength. You can do all things through the anointed one and his anointing that gives you strength. So you need to start talking like that. This belongs to me. This building belongs to me. The best belongs to me. The best places belong to me. Why? I'm on assignment. This nation belongs to me. So the anointing that's on my life, the favor that's on my life, the blessing that's on me begins to work to cause things to come into my hand because I say what God has told me to say. The entrance of his words give light. The unfolding and the teaching of his word gives light. And so as you understand that, you begin to talk differently and you expect the grace of God to manifest on a high level. The world belongs to you. 
and you are assigned to certain places to operate in authority and jurisdiction. But you must pray that way. You must think that way. You must expand your thinking than just your house. Yes, take care of your house. Yes, operate in faith. Use your authority in your house. But what about what's going on in your neighborhood? What about what's going down the street? Have you taken the authority? Have you prayed? Have you began to expand your vision? Because if you want to receive restoration, you can't have a lack of vision. A lack of vision will limit what you receive. Let's go to Romans 16. I'm out of time. I was sharing all this with my church. It turned into a five-week series, and I'll send it to Apostle Choto so you guys can see it. Because one of the things about this year, you know, a lot of things have happened this year, but we were prepared for it. You know, as we look at Romans 16, as we close, two, year, two three years ago, I had in my heart to start a 24-7 TV network, an internet television station. I wrote it down, I was in prayer, I got the ideas, praying for a message, I wrote it down, I prayed and I went on. And the next year, I said, let me do some research about it. And then last year, when I was doing the groundwork for it, I'm like, God, this is going to be so much extra work. And I was like, I already do a lot, I don't know if I have the time. And he kind of just checked me, he's like, no, you need to do it, because if you don't, there'll be blood on your hand. And so I did it. I didn't know a pandemic was coming. I didn't know we were going to have to shut down and close our building down for a period of time. But because we were prepared, on January 1st, we launched something called Faith Plus. It's a 24-7 internet television network that operates through people's phones and devices and online. So 24-7, the word is going out, streaming faith to a generation. We've had thousands of people download the app, and even more people watch us online. So we are fully prepared for this time because we took a step of faith. And now that we have this vision to go forward, we can do even more. And so pastors, my brothers and sisters, you have a vision. Go forward. Take a step out. He's like, oh, I'll make a mistake. You probably will. Because we're not perfect. But here's a confession I'd like to say, God, from Charles Capps. The grace of God even makes my mistakes to prosper. But as you take a step out in faith and expand your vision, even when you trip up, the grace of God's got your back and can help you. Go forward. Romans 16, verse 20. And the God of peace your God of restoration, shall crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. He's going to crush the devil under your feet. You say, oh, God's going to crush him. Yep, under your feet. So you got to get to marching. You got to get to doing. You got to doing what the Holy Ghost has called you to do. Expect the victory. You resist the devil. He flees from you. You know, when you look at Ephesians 6.12, that wrestle, the word, word wrestle means a battle that's decided when the person has thrown the other opponent and has their hand on their neck. This is a battle for absolute total victory. Whatever facing you today, you're on the winning side. Go forward in faith. Expand your vision. Operate in the blessing of the Lord. The whole world is yours. Act like it. Think like it. Pray like it. Walk in the blessing. And watch what God does for you. Let's pray. Oh, Father, I thank you for my family that's watching right now online and watching via the replay. I thank you for the plans that you have for our lives and for Zimbabwe and South Africa and the places, even more places and nations you've called those who are gathered here to go and to impact and to influence. Help us to expand our vision. Help us to be grateful. Help us not to resist and refuse change. Help us not to limit you through unbelief, 
but be people of faith and overcome all the plans of the enemy and walk in the restoration you have for us. So Father, I pray for them right now. I pray that you increase their vision, that you give them wisdom and understanding and supernatural insight, that you, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. The eyes of their understanding are being enlightened, they're being flooded with light, that they may know what is the hope of their calling. I pray for the goodness of God to manifest in their life in such a way that people stare at them and awe of what you're doing and they're drawn to you. And Father, I pray even as they go to sleep tonight, I pray that they hear your voice before they go to bed, that in the night you grant them visions and dreams about what's ahead. And when they wake up, as it's still starting their day, before they're fully awake, they hear your voice and they hear your direction. So Father, I thank you that you lead us and guide us in the voice of a stranger who will not follow. So we ask for your instruction, your wisdom, and your insight. We thank you that you made Jesus unto us righteousness, wisdom, and sanctification. We thank you we can hear your voice in the voice of a stranger who will not follow. We thank you that we're led by the Spirit of God. So I ask for each and every one of us, Father, to receive God ideas, concepts, and insights so that we can innovate and bring disruptive innovations, that as we go forward in these industries and these mountains and areas of influence, as we change and disrupt them, we have the attention of the world, and you can give all that attention and glory and honor to Jesus, and more can know him. Father, I pray for every single person watching in their households and their circle, those who are watching, be a replay, I release your healing anointing. I command every sickness, disease, pain, infirmity, spirit of infirmity to flee. I come against every addiction, every bondage, every mental oppression, all depression, anything that's trying to hold back their mind, you leave them right now in the name of Jesus. I release your shalom on them, nothing broken, nothing missing, but wholeness in every area of their life, spirit, soul, body, finances, and relationships. I thank you for this time we've had together the last two days. I give you all the glory. Now angels go forth and cause these things to come to pass. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And amen. I love you so much. I miss you guys. I look forward to the next time I can be with you in person. God has something good for you. There's so much more I want to share with you. We've experienced so many good things this year. Yeah, we've had our challenges, but we've had such victories that have happened. And maybe one time later, I'll share with you, and especially what God is doing through Faith Plus right now. And I want to hear your testimonies later about what God is doing through you. Because God has great plans for you. And good things are ahead. So expect miracles. God bless. Love you all so much. Thank you for tuning into the conference. Thank you for watching the videos in the morning. Thank you for the replay. Act on the word. Miracles. By the time I come next time, I want to hear your stories. But all the things that God has done, all the restoration you received, all the tremendous miracles and disruptive innovations you released because you believed God. Thanks for watching today. We hope today's message was a blessing to you that it empowered you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Hey, if you want to be a part of what God's doing here at Faith, you know, our vision statement is to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. And we'd love for you to be a part. You can find out our different experience times and our different locations by going to FCCGA.com. If you want to give, you can text FCCGA to 73256. You can also go to FCCGA.com to give online and be a part of what God's doing here. We'd love to see you anytime you're in our area. We believe God has something good just for you. And anytime you come to our faith experience, we believe you will experience God and his plan for your life. So thank you for tuning in today. We'll see you next time.